mute us. Okay. All right. So we are um, live here for episode 18 of Rolling with the Punches. Yep. Uh, in typical Rolling with the Punches fashion, we're having a technical difficulty or two. Um, we'll get this figured out one of these days. Yeah. I'm a, I'll just throw dad under the bus. He didn't update his laptop. So old people problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who was that guy? <laughs> I'm just giving you our We time. didn't have laptops. We had, we had legal pads back when I was. Oh, okay. Yeah. He didn't update his legal pad for yeah. the week. So some of those weren't even legal. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we figured we're together this week. We're not right. We're not together often, so why right. not go live for episode 18 of Rolling with the Punches? And we're getting ready for a Saturday night of short track racing under the lights at Richmond and also a great Saturday night of college football. So yeah, yeah. what better time to hop on here and, and chat about what we're going to see tonight? Yeah, talking about round two uh, of the playoffs uh, for, for NASCAR and really the, op the primary opening weekend for college football. And so I, I like to think that things tend, tend to cycle in sports. So I was thinking today, Jess, uh, we've already seen a couple of significant upsets in college football where the little guys, the group of five schools from the Sunbelt Conference, have pulled off upsets over the heavyweights, over to where Arkansas State beat Kansas State in Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, in Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, you know, they, they pull off the upset of a nationally ranked Iowa State, uh, who a lot of people thought was a sleeper to win the Big 12. So two big upsets in college football on the first day. Um, uh, so maybe that's interesting. And just a moment ago, congratulations to Will Power, who gets his first ever win at Mid-Ohio. So uh, even though he's a winner and a champion, he'd never won at Mid-Ohio. So does that mean we're going to have a first-time winner at Richmond? Maybe an upset? Uh, maybe it's, well, let me clarify this. Uh, it isn't um, – the winner is an upset. Uh, the winner's ecstatic, yeah. <laughs> but, but everybody else, um, everybody else is upset. So uh, I think that's, that's one way to look at it. My buddy, Lewis Frank reminded me that when I said upset winner, uh, that, that he said, normally when you interview the winners, they're not upset. So thank you, Lewis. I appreciate yeah. you doing that for us. Uh, you're right. They're ecstatic. It's the people who didn't win and the people in Las Vegas who didn't think they were going to win who are upset. Well, I don't know, because you talk about potentially seeing an upset winner here in the Cup Series, and something about second race of the first round, short track, under the lights, Richmond, it doesn't really scream upset. Uh, but no. then again, this season has been quite a surprise. But it's tough, though, because when you look at the the big contenders here or the ones that you might think might find success, you look at guys like Martin Truex Jr., who obviously right. won both races here last season. And then you look at guys like Kyle Busch, who won both races here back in 2018. But I mean, Martin Truex is is starting one. He's starting back here at, at 14th. And then we just found out a little bit ago that Kyle Busch has been sent to the rear because he failed yeah. post uh, pre-race inspection twice. Right. And Kyle Busch is without uh, crew chief Adam Stevens this weekend. So um, I don't know. It's it's, it's it's like you said, I don't nothing about this race screams upset. But the closer and closer we get to the green flag, I'm feeling less confident about my my earlier in the week confident picks. Well, and, and and if Kyle Busch wins, it isn't an upset, although he hasn't won this year, and that's sort of a, that would be that would be significant for Kyle. Starting at the back, all you do, you know, Kyle's like one of those animals, you like a wounded animal. You make him mad, and then you sit back and you and you better you better beware. I, I think it's going to be fun to watch Kyle come in the back of the field. I think Richmond's a race uh, a racetrack where, uh, especially with four hundred laps, you got plenty of time to get there. You don't need to be in a hurry. Take care of your car, and most importantly, manage your tires. And we saw. 
Uh, we saw that in the uh, last couple of days in the in the Xfinity series. That's right. Justin Allgaier uh, did a great job. Congratulations, Justin! After all the bad luck you've had this in the last year and a half, you finally uh, get back to back wins and sweep the weekend. Uh, so congratulations to him. But managing tires, being able to manage the tires and have the car there at the end. And by the way, before we forget it, uh, uh, you know Austin Sendrick uh, is a regular season champion. That's right. Uh, as of today, uh, congratulations to Tim Sendrick. Um, you know, his guys, Penske guys, win at Mid-Ohio, and his son Austin becomes a regular season champion for the Xfinity Series. We're still one race to go uh, coming up next week. But, um, yeah, t- yeah, tire management's important. And I, I, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just – I'm th- when you think about upsets, I'm thinking there's three drivers starting in the top five who have never won at Richmond. Austin Dillon coming off that great performance, conjuring up his inner junior Johnson last week <laughs> in his final lap sideways at Darlington. What a great job Austin Dillon did. Uh, and, uh, and Alex Bowman and William Byron. So those three guys starting third, fourth, fifth have never won at Richmond. They're all three in the chase. Um, in the in the playoffs, so right. uh, you think about that. So interesting. I mean, there there are eight drivers in the playoffs who have won at Richmond, and eight drivers in the playoffs who have not won at Richmond. So yeah, yeah, we got a good chance to see somebody step. And and by the way, as we all know, if you win, you're in in, in the next segment. That's right. Well, and the only guy who's going into this race pretty confident because he won and he's in is Kevin Harvick, and he's starting yeah. on the pole. He's a three-time Richmond winner, uh, but he's got Joey Logano on the front row with him, so uh, that's going to be an interesting way to start the race. You know, I, I want to mention, though, too, we are live right now. We're chatting a little Richmond preview, but we are going to have our normal podcast uh, later this week right. and talk about uh, – all the updates in silly season, because as we've mentioned, there, there have been a ton of updates since we last chatted. Right. And then obviously look ahead to the weekend at Bristol, because uh, later in the week when we chat, I want to talk about more about Austin Cindric because you brought him up being the regular yeah. season champion. Yeah, exactly. And he made a really good point after uh, one of the races this weekend. He said, I really want to get past the stigma of people just assuming that I have a ride set up for me in the cup series. And I just think that was a really interesting take from Cindric. And I'm looking forward to later this week, you and I sitting down and kind of dissecting what uh, the future could be for that regular season champion. So, um, but anyways, talking about Richmond tonight, you know, uh, I mentioned earlier that Kyle Bush is without his regular crew chief, Adam Stevens. He's going to have Jacob Cantor on the box. And the reason being is because of a a failed post-race inspection. There were two loose lug nuts on that 18 car. Clint Boyer also had that same uh, failed post-race inspection lug nut issue so instead of greg uh, or excuse me instead of johnny clausmeyer on the box for boyer he has um greg zipidelli so few changes there going into the race that i have to believe um for someone like kyle bush when you're looking at needing a win yeah, uh yeah. that makes a difference but also when you're someone like kyle bush and you have the success that you've had at richmond he's a six-time winner at richmond and you're going into another racetrack where he finds success at bristol wouldn't you think his confidence is still decently high? Oh, yeah. I think, and, and and especially the way they've been running. I mean, Kyle Busch, even though he hasn't won, they've been running. They're much more competitive the last five or six races. So, and I think you would, you definitely, I mean, we, you just mentioned before the history of the last, what, four races have been won by Toyotas there. Uh, Kyle Busch has won two of the last three, you know, with, with Truex, you know, the other one. You know, I, I think you've got to be, got to be feeling pretty good. And uh, by the way, uh, Zippadelli, Zippy, uh, on the box, as you mentioned, for Clint Boyer, I think the three times he subbed or four times he subbed this year as a crew chief, he won three of the four races. So uh, I think that's pretty good. And by the way, I, I've been around Zippy a long time, and he's one of those guys like a Kevin Harvick type, you know, in, in the drivers, but yet crew chief ranks. He's one of those guys that seems to find a way to win. 
You mentioned earlier about uh, in the Xfinity series how so much of finding success at Richmond was managing your tires. And and uh, if you watch those Xfinity series races, you heard on the radio these drivers talking to their teams, can I go now? Is it time to go? And it really was managing when is it time to go and when is it time to, to wait and uh, manage that tire wear. And the announcers made a point to say that if you're looking for an example of how to manage tire wear, look to someone like Denny Hamlin. And oh, I yeah. thought that was really interesting because they pretty much earlier today said, hey, keep an eye on Denny Hamlin because, uh, I mean, he he has wins here. He's a three-time winner here at Richmond, yeah. um, and he's finished sixth or better in eight of his last nine starts here. So I definitely think um, he's another Toyota that obviously could find more success yeah, here at it's a home, it's a home racetrack for Denny Hamlin, too. I remember back in the day when there was a guy named Jeff Gordon who was really young, and he had a crew chief named Ray, Ray Everham, and Jeff wanted to lead every lap, and he wanted to go out there. As soon as they waved the flag, he wanted to fire off and go out there and lead, lead, lead. And Ray Everham, almost every lap, very calmly would say, you know, roll in, roll, roll, roll out of the throttle, going in the corner, roll back into it. Don't charge a corner. Save those tires. And they and, and Jeff would be running second or third, and here come three or four cars go by him. Rusty, you go, all these guys go by him. And Jeff would start screaming on the radio. He'd say, I got to go, I got to go. And Ray <laughs> said, nope, nope. You roll in and roll, roll out of the throttle and then roll back in. He said, in about 35 laps, they're going to back up. You're going to go right back by them. You have fresher tires. You're taking care of your tires. Like that scene in the days of thunder, your way, my way. Yeah. But that's what Ray Everham was doing. And, and he had to, on the radio almost every lap, talk Jeff Gordon off a cliff. Because Jeff Jeff was a short track driver that came out of the Thursday Night Thunder where he had 35 lap features. And he wanted to be aggressive and drive. And Ray said, you got to save those tires. And he did. And, and Richmond is a great place, as you mentioned, where it's got to be about tire management. Well, let me ask you this, because another common theme that we saw in the Xfinity series, especially in uh, today's race, Saturday's race, was the difference in the drivers who maybe don't have anything to lose, for lack of a better wording there. Kaz right. uh, Gralla was a great example. He was making some moves early on. He was kind of pushing the competition a little bit early on, uh, diving down to the inside there, trying to make some passes. And um, it was obvious that Kaz, you know, only gets to run a few times a year. And he was out there just trying to do whatever he could to finish the best positioning. Are we going to see any of that in the Cup Series? Do you think we'll see any of these drivers that maybe aren't competing for the playoffs push a little bit harder? And I'm trying to hit the buzzword Jimmy Johnson here. Because yeah, yeah. Jimmy Johnson is obviously uh, what he is three three wins here at, at Richmond, and so um, I mean, are we going to see Jimmy really just drive the wheels off this thing, knowing well, he doesn't have anything to lose? Well, I, love, I love, it's a good point, Jesse, and I love the fact that Bowman, Byron, and, and Elliot, the three teammates for Jimmy Johnson, said, "Hey, Jimmy's not in the playoffs, but don't don't count Jimmy out as far as winning races, and mm -hmm. we want Jimmy to win a race because if he wins it, that means one of our other competitors in the playoffs can't win it, right. and so keep someone from transferring directly. You know, Jimmy's." Jimmy is, you know, we already know sort of what he's going to do in the next couple of years. He announced the IndyCar deal with uh, to run street and road courses with Chip Ganassi. So, you know, he's he's on his way out. Why not just drive the wheels off this thing? Or or the fact that you're a seven-time champion and you're not only as talented or more talented than anybody out there, you're also maybe a, you're more experienced than anyone out there. Use your tires. Pick your pick your time. And they can roll the dice. What do you have to lose? I mean, with Jimmy Johnson, those guys can say, okay – you know, we're going to, we'll take some gambles on tires. We'll take gambles on some of the fuel situations here and we'll, we'll do that. I mean, we, you've seen, we've seen a lot of at Richmond that the, the complexion of the race can change, you know, and also if you're in the playoffs, 
and you got no, and you're racing someone like Jimmy Johnson, and say you're you're near the cut line, and you're racing Jimmy Johnson, and you realize he has nothing to lose, and he knows what he's doing. How aggressive are you going to be? Are you going to make point. this guy mad? Um, you saw it in the Xfinity race today, uh, where where Jeb Burton got his career best finish. Congratulations to Jeb. He is the son of Ward Burton, Warden Tabitha Burton, and a pretty good day for the Burton boys. The Harrison fourth. Uh, you know, that's the son uh, of Jeff and, and, and Kim uh, Burton. And then and then his cousin Jeb finishes second, his career best finish. Mm-hmm. But people, they didn't want to mess with Jeb. Jeb wasn't running for the points. He's, he gets a chance to get in a car and prove that he belongs there and can run well. But do you want to go up there and, and, and mix it up with him? People say the last thing you want to do in the playoffs is make somebody mad and and uh, or take a chance when someone else has nothing to lose. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. And you are not to just bounce around here, but you said one word in particular that really struck me, and that was experience. And if we're continuing this theme of watching uh, the Xfinity Series race and even back to the truck race, because you know that without practice and qualifying, that's what these competitors are doing. They're watching what's happening on the racetrack prior uh, to their time. But if you look back at the Xfinity Series race, especially on Friday, uh, it was coming down to Justin Haley and Justin Allgaier. Yeah. And the announcer specifically said, Colleg Racing has had the fastest cars here all day, but this is going to come down to experience. And it did. Allgaier right, ultimately right. was the one who took the checkered flag over Haley. So when you look at uh, this this weekend, Kyle Busch ran in the Xfinity race earlier this week. And that's someone who we know has, has really... Uh, had some issues with not having practice and qualifying this year. So do we almost see this, this running in the Xfinity series race, maybe being the experience this weekend that he needs to get used to getting, I know it's a total different car, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but we saw Brett Moffitt who ran in the truck series race, yeah. ran the Xfinity series race on Friday and did extremely well. And he, he chalked that up to having been on the racetrack the day before. So uh, do we think that's going to be, as beneficial to Kyle Busch as one can imagine, given he's been complaining all season about not having that track time. Right, right. Well, yeah, it's 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 hard. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I also look at the trends. I look at trends in sports. Who's who's hot? I mean, who's really on top of their game? You look at Martin Truex, obviously. But what happened right. with Martin Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott last last week in the final laps? You know, where they ended up. You know, when they're when they're going to finish one two or two one. However, you know, who's and then Truex. Thought he had Elliot clear, didn't get there. They both bounced off the wall and finished 20th and 22nd. Um, you know, they, they gave up some points. And, uh, you know, Truex has proven he's good here. He won in this race a year ago. Chase Elliott seems to be – that team seems to be turning the corner, getting better and better. Um, and and But then there – so so they could be contenders. But I look at people that maybe maybe in the chase or in the playoffs – I keep saying Chase. I'm sorry. It's a playoff. It's the old uh, people issues again, yeah, guys. Right. I'm sorry. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Here, uh, my legal pad you know, <laughs> crashed. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but 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 that that don't have anything that that really need to roll the dice. You know, Matt D. Benedetto. Right. You know, how cool would that be for 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 the Wood Brothers to get to get a win, a landmark win in the state of Virginia? How mm-hmm. would that be? Ryan Blaney, who's not who's not won uh, at Richmond, and they're they're toward the back in terms of the point standings, mm-hmm. and 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 both of those guys are qualified you know talent wise to be able to win you know and uh, so i'm thinking maddie d wins at ryan blaney they're 15th and 16th in the points uh they automatically transfer and suddenly there's a lot of nervous people trying to say i gotta get to bristol and and, and do well uh so i mean it, it that's gonna be interesting uh, you know it's uh, i think um if, if there's a driver outside if there's a driver outside of the of the playoffs 
or say two drivers outside the playoffs that you think could be could win it here tonight? Um, where, where, where are you looking? Where, which, where are you going? Oh, that's tough. I mean, I think I kind of I kind of said it earlier, and this is just going to be the the pick of my heart for the rest of the season is, is Jimmy Johnson. I mean, I think especially after the announcement came out um, this week or last week about his plans to run IndyCar for the next two seasons, you know, I think people are already uh, looking to Jimmy and they, he wants to prove that he doesn't, that he's, he's not done yet. You know, he doesn't have one foot out the door. He's very much committed. He understands that there's only nine races left and he wants uh, to win one of those nine races as much as we want to see him win. But another name uh, that comes up for me that, you know, this is just because racing is so here and there when it comes to what can happen on the racetrack. But I'm just going to go ahead and throw out a Bubba Wallace. Talk about a guy that has nothing to lose. Bubba announced this week that he's not returning to Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, he's clearly, you know, had the most success this season than he's had in the Cup Series so far. Yeah, and yeah. I think that he's looking to go out there and and find a ride. I don't know what he has planned, but I think he's at least looking to go out there and prove that whatever ride he's going to get, he earned. Well, and these short tracks play to his strengths mm-hmm. and uh, in a lot of ways. And I think that uh, they want to, he wants to prove, as you said, so does Richard Petty Motorsports, RPM. They want to prove that, hey, we're good enough that, that to, to attract a, a name driver, someone mm-hmm. to come here. Um, okay. I, I, that's not, I, I'm thinking people like people who really want to prove something. What about Eric Jones? Oh, to, yeah. Toyota, uh, oh, Joe yeah. Gibbs Racing Toyota, Joe Gibbs cars have been really good, as we mentioned the last few years there. Maybe a possibility. How about a kid that's really good on the short tracks uh, that, Made a mistake a few weeks ago, and now could come back and really redeem himself. Tyler Reddick. I was going to pick Reddick, yeah, but I didn't yeah. want to have to talk yeah. him out of the hole he dug himself yeah. into well, last I mean, week. But but he's he's, he's open, and he's honest, and he's talented. Yeah. Uh, and I think he, you know, that that situation that he got himself into at Daytona probably helped. It's going to help him more for years to come. That then you'll ever, he'll later on he'll admit that. And the other guy I think though, that could be a real outside, you know, that could is Ricky Stenhouse. I oh, just, the great I just, pick. I just I just think Ricky Stenhouse. Um, he's too good a race car driver. He gets overlooked too much. Uh, that team really, really can put things together on a track like this. So, uh, and we'll see, you know, we'll see, but you know, I'm we're th- now we're talking about people outside, uh, mm-hmm. the playoffs, uh, that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. That could, but, but I'm like you, it would not hurt my feelings at all to see Jimmy Johnson standing up there seven times. It's because of all he's meant for, for this sport and for everything. And, and there's so many, so many years that, when we were doing the races at Richmond, and it was the last race uh, before the playoffs began, uh, that uh, we would be there at night talking about, you know, Jimmy Johnson looks like the looks like the odds on favorite to win a championship, and certainly he was seven times. Uh, and and how cool it was. Now we're trying to f- find out if we're if they're talking to Jimmy Johnson tonight as maybe finally getting back into victory lane. Oh, wouldn't that be something? You know, I, I will go back to, I really like your Ricky Stenhouse pick because you talk about guys needing to be aggressive out here tonight and willing to take chances and knowing that they, as far as playoffs go, have nothing to lose. We know Ricky Stenhouse has no problem being aggressive on the nope. racetrack. So nope. I'd love to see him run through a few people to get that checkered flag. Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah, and, and I like Ricky and I, and I like, I like that right. They like the race team. I just like the race team. Too. And I just think they're, they're just, they're just, you know, those, those are people that, you know, from a sentimental standpoint, that team, you know, uh, you know, I think, or, or the Wood Brothers with, with Matty D, someone like that, I think would be so cool. You know, and here's, here's somebody else I thought that, you know, I think that we, we already touched on the fact that he's got a, he's got a backup crew chief and a really good one, Eric Almarola, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, not Eric, not Eric, Clint, uh, Clint, Boyer. Clint Boyer, Clint mm-hmm. Boyer. 
um, you know, how, how cool would that be for Clint? You know, I remember doing races up there where, where he, because of his growing up on the short tracks and dirt and being inside, being sideways that a track like Richmond that tends to get a little slippery, uh, if it holds heat throughout the night, uh, he really, really was always ran in the top four or five there. And like he had great car control. So you never know. We're sitting here right now. I'm keeping an eye on the pre-race. As you can yeah. tell, we're kind of looking up every once in a while. And, and one of the things you and I talked about earlier is that, um, it's obviously unfortunate that we can't have uh, fans in the stands here in, in Virginia, in Richmond. And, you know, it is what it is. It's okay. It doesn't, doesn't take anything away from the race, but we did talk a little bit about if you are in the area or you're wanting to uh, still, you know, make a, make a race weekend out of it and still feel like you are uh, experiencing all the cup series action. Maybe you go uh, get a nice meal near the racetrack. And dad, you, we talked last week about how you're going to start bringing up some of your favorite spots yeah. here in the area. What do you have for us at Richmond? Well, we used to, Always, we'd always stay down down in the old slip, down in the where the old, old tobacco warehouses were. And there's a half a dozen restaurants. You really can't go wrong down there. But the place we always went to that Benny Parsons liked and I liked, and you know Ned Jarrett. Ned Jarrett was the first one to ever take me there. It's a place called a Tobacco Company. It's like three different floors, like an old tobacco warehouse inside. Uh, really good food, steaks, uh, seafood. Uh, there's an old elevator, an old wrought iron elevator. I'm not sure it still works. You can go up the stairs. It's like it's like eating inside in the French Quarter uh, in New Orleans. All the wrought iron oh, wow. railings inside. Uh, desserts are phenomenal. There are private rooms. I remember we'd walk in and be a room with Earnhardt and his crew and be Rusty's crew over here. And, and uh, downstairs is a little rowdy at night. If you're, if you're in the rowdy and you're in the, into lots of noise, <laughs> uh, hang around down there in the bar. You'll see a lot of the younger people, including some of the younger drivers and crew members. They go up and the, on the, walk up the stairs to the second, third floor where you can have have dinner really really good place to, to eat and good place to relax and there's and there's places all around them down there uh that are there are good steak houses good seafood houses but that was always one of our favorites there, there were some other small hole in the walls but that's probably the one if you, you can get a good meal or you can have a casual meal there tobacco company Yep, that cool. was it. I'll look it up. Maybe when we get uh, over to Richmond, we'll go check it out. Yeah, I mean, we when uh, when the movie Days of Thunder came out, when uh, we were promoting a movie, Paramount asked uh, uh, this real young kid named Jeff Gordon, uh, me, uh, Harry Gant, Kyle Petty, Mellow Yellow, you know, called oh, yeah. the movie, uh, and uh, maybe and Ricky Rudd, handful of drivers to go up and and put put an appearance at Paramount Kings Dominion, and the night before we all went to the Tobacco Company and. Um, and to have uh, have a good meal and a cocktail, you know, one of those young drivers, Jeff Gordon, wasn't old enough, uh, you know, because they they look just at the, barely, you know, just barely. Yeah. So to be able to but to have have anything more than a juice box. So, uh, but we had that's where we always would go eat. Everyone would go eat there and and just sit and relax. And so you walk in there, chances are you're going to see car owners, drivers, whatever. That's just a good place to go. Sounds like a nice little watering hole there then yeah, for, yeah. for cup or yeah. for race weekends in Richmond. Well, and as we sit here and reflect on these moments and you getting to, to travel and these experiences that you've had, are there any race specific experiences at Richmond that stand out to you? Oh gosh. There's so many of them. I mean, Jess, um, <laughs> I know that's such a general question. That's yeah, it, like, <laughs> it, it is. I remember, you know, I talked about first time winners at Richmond. Uh, I wasn't there, but, uh, James Hilton won in 1970. Uh, he didn't have the best car, but you know who finished second? Richard Petty. Uh, in 1977, a good buddy of mine, the late Neil Bonnet, won. He didn't have the best car, but you know who finished second? Richard Petty. Um, in 1986, uh, it was a great race because it looked like it was going to be Darrell Waltrip or Dale Earnhardt. And they're beating and banging and pushing and shoving. They go into turn three. They run each other into the Armco barrier. And the guy that's uh, running third, you know, on the, takes the white flag and wins his first ever race in cup. And that was Kyle Petty. 
Um, so, uh, which is pretty, That's which awesome. is a nice little upset for Kyle. Uh, 1999, uh, a, a young kid came down and uh, just impressed everybody with his car control. He was a little bit out of control. He had, you know, we talked about it's all about control, not out of control, but car control. And he had a little of both. But he got his first win. I got through the victory lane interview with him, and that was Tony Stewart. And, uh, and, and, a, and a kid named Bobby Labonte finished second that night. And in 2005, the last first-time winner in Cup there was a kid named Casey Kane, and Tony Stewart finished, finished second. So uh, those are all great memories, especially the, especially the Earnhardt and Walter wrecking each other and Kyle Petty winning. Uh, I think he was more surprised than anybody that, they, that he won the race, and so, and, but he certainly deserved it. But in the Richard Petty, his dad, a 13-time winner there. Richard was was hard to beat any time he went there, uh, as evidenced by the fact he's still the, still the winningest driver at Richmond. Uh, he, in Daytona 500, uh, he broke a wheel in his car, hit the wall in turn two, and pushed his shoulder out the back when he leaned over and hit the gar- hit the hit the bar inside the car when it hit the wall. He dislocated his shoulder out the back. Uh, which is very painful. And a week later, they were going to run Richmond, 400 laps at Richmond. And he goes there and he has his consecutive start streak and he's in severe pain. And so they call me, they page me the garage area. I go in there. I'm working Motor Racing Network that weekend. And long story short, uh, they're trying to figure out how Richard can drive the car. And Dale Inman's in there and Dale says, okay, we're going to, what do we do? And I said, well, he can't move his arm more. If he moves his arm more, more rotates it anywhere out like to shift, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out of place. Mm-hmm. They put it back in place, but they had no way to – he couldn't go to surgery, <laughs> keep it there. So it's got to it's gotta be in a sling or you know tied to his body. And so I said, we can tie it to his body with tape. We can tape it. But he tries to rotate it out, you know, to shift, you know, on a short track. Mm-hmm. It's going to come out of place. He's going to get severe pain. So they said, what do we do? So Dale Inman says, well, I, what I can do, Doc, I can, I can clock the seat up. Uh, in the car and at one angle and I can bend the shifter over here where he can just move his wrist and shift. I said, done. He said, but how we, I said, let's go get some tape and we'll tape it in. So they went and got some tape, medical tape. And then before practice, I go up there and we take Richard's shirt off and Richard is skin and bones. Cause you know, he just, he's, he doesn't have a lot of meat on his bones. So we're trying to tape uh, his shoulder in place with white surgical tape and he would, he would sweat and it would slip and his arm would slip and start moving. So I said, look, the only option, and they said, well, let's put it, we'll put a t-shirt on him and try to tape, but then the t-shirt would move. Mm-hmm. And so I said, we got no choice. So, so right before the race, uh, I'm doing MRMs. I even told the guys, MRM, I gotta be, I gotta be away. For, I didn't tell him what I was doing because that wouldn't be fair to Richard. Um, I said, I need to be away for five minutes. So we go in there and I told those guys to go get the real thick, wide silver duct tape, you know, the, and we, we literally taped his arm and shoulder in place to his skin oh. with that thick, wide duct tape, which is like, you know, just, and so, uh, and he got in the car and to his credit, I would go by uh, during the race uh, probably three or four times. And every 30, 50 laps or so, I'd go by and ask Dale Emman, is he has he complained? And they said, nope, he uh, he uh, uh, he answered a word. So Richard didn't complain. I think he finished 10th like a lap down. He just lost a lap at the very mm-hmm. end of the race, but he drove 400 laps with an arm he couldn't move, you know, duct taped his skin. He was sweating. It had to be miserable in that car but never complained, <clears throat> excuse me. And I had told Dale Inman, I said, when the race is over, I said, get him out of the car carefully and bring him into the hauler here and sit him down, you know, and, and just, and let him get cool air, towel him down and don't touch that duct tape for a good 35 to 40 minutes. Don't touch it. And, uh, and Dale said, okay. So uh, th- that's what they did. And so a week later, the next week we're at a different racetrack and Dale says, Hey, doc, what was the deal about bringing him in and sitting down here and toweling him down and not touching that duct tape. I said, 
I wanted to make sure that I was off the air with the MRN and long gone from this racetrack before you started <laughs> peeling that duct tape off Richard Petty because that's going to be miserable. He's going to be screaming. He said, he said, oh, yeah, he was hollering then, but uh, we got it off because it, I'm sure it was going to take some skin with it. Uh, <sighs> but Richard Petty, um, you know, he made he, he talk about tough guys. He's one of them oh, and, uh, and drove 400 laps or 399 laps with a shoulder that probably shouldn't, wouldn't have allowed him to brush his teeth, much less, you know, shift gears on restarts and drive at Richmond, but he did it. Oh my gosh. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, drivers talk about, uh, you hear they get hand injuries all the time in, in, in accidents on the racetrack and broken bones here and there. And they talk about how painful that is. I cannot even imagine a, a dislocated shoulder. And, but, but yeah. I will say one of the things that really stood out to me in all of that, that you were, were sharing in those memories was you talk about people like Tony Stewart winning and people like Bobby Labonte coming in yeah. second and two now NASCAR hall of famers. And the first thing that comes to mind is, who are the Hall of Famers that we're watching in the field right now that we could see in Victory Land tonight yeah. that we don't even know it yet? Yeah, you know, exactly. and that just gets me so excited to think it that, does. It does. Uh, it what does. the future holds for these it guys. Does. And by the way, I'm not taking any credit for Richard Petty's Richard Petty's effort. And I, I was simply called in as a friend to help put tape on. I'm not saying I did this, and that's why no, it wasn't it nothing to do with me. I was they I, they, I was flattered that, that Dale M and Richard trusted me enough as a medical doctor to come give them advice. But they had to be the ones to let me do it. And man, I, I you know, quite honestly, I didn't think I didn't think he would make it more than a couple hundred laughs. But he did, and he and and, and to not complain and didn't complain on the radio. Oh. Just did not complain. So that's that's pretty cool. So, uh, you know, uh, we can't complain. We got we got <laughs> college football back. We got NASCAR. And by the way. Incredible. NASCAR's on schedule. We're in the second week of the playoffs, going to Bristol next week. How good is that? Bristol, by the way, based on allotted numbers, uh, is sold out for the for the cup oh, race. Love that. Um, heard that from Jerry Caldwell. Uh, and uh, you know, you and I were there for the all-star race when people did they did such a wonderful job. Mm -hmm. Everyone was so impressed. People from the NFL were there watching, people were there from the mm -hmm. governor of uh, Governor mm -hmm. Lee from Tennessee was there. So uh, there will be fans in Bristol. There were a lot of fans in a lot of places in college football today, not in North right. Carolina, not in Virginia, and I'm still not happy about that, but that's okay. Uh, but there were all over and uh, uh, today, and and there will be in Bristol next week. But in spite of not fans being in, in, in Richmond, uh, they're going to have a lot of fans hopefully watching, and uh, as will we, and that's we right. will see if we get one of those first-time winners or one of those upset wins uh, tonight and someone else uh, checks uh, punches their ticket uh, in the playoffs. I like that. It's a good name pun there. Throw the punch, yep. punch their ticket in there. But uh, it's like we said, we are going to chat a little bit later this week. We'll have your regular podcast episode for you guys come in probably Thursday or Friday. We're going to chat about uh, what we see here tonight at Richmond and also look ahead to the weekend at Bristol because as we established earlier, there is no one in the field that wants their fate to be decided next weekend at Bristol. So wow, wow. we're going to have plenty to talk about when it comes to heading back to the last great Coliseum. Uh, but as of tonight, Dad, I'm I'm about to go put my Clemson jersey on. I'm yeah. gonna get two TVs in front of me, Cup Series racing and college football. It's about to be a great night. Exactly, great night. You folks enjoy the Federated Auto, Federated Auto Parts 400. Easy for me to say. Federated <laughs> Auto Parts 400. Uh, hopefully there are no bumpers auctioned off when the night's over tonight. Uh, and uh, we'll watch uh, NASCAR action, uh, college football, and then we'll talk later in the week what we think is going to happen at Bristol when it really gets down to who can make it and who can't in that final. How good is that? Bristol is a final race of I the love first it. stage. That's, that's awesome. 
That's awesome. So thank you to everybody that tuned in live and anybody that watched this uh, later. Thanks to mom and my husband and everybody downstairs that's watching <laughs> this on their cell phones so that we can have some viewers. Uh, but like I said, we'll catch up with you guys a little bit later next week, this week. This week. This, this week. week. This yeah. Week. In yeah. just a few days. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so with that, that's episode. Kids, uh, I can't tell time. I know. Right. Yet. It's yeah. just it's truly just uh, an issue <laughs> of, of of different ages here. OK. But with that, that's episode 18. Thank you, guys. And we'll uh, catch you later this week. Thank you. Bye. -bye. Bye.